We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kind of dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls, and talk some D&D with the cave trolls. What? I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, Michigan actually is a one-party state. Like, you were fine. I can, I can record you all day without telling you, but I don't know where the hell this is, so... Uh, <laughs> whatever on the internet? you're you're on the internet mm. you're you in live the on internet. the internet you inherited the internet <laughs> you are the heiress of the internet yep so i can change my postcode to the internet yeah and then I mean, don't you, find what you postcode okay. don't you already do that who gets something physical in the mail what year is this uh 1973 download all of the things that you need from the dial-up and stop uh but i need my physically. phone book Derry. <laughs> <laughs> the big ass phone books that get delivered every what month or something listen Here. i've been i've been trying to get chelsea to let me do an episode fully on dial-up internet aol phone books mm-hmm. just nostalgia period and she keeps saying no but if you're on board lissa since we're since you're leaving Charday and i'm replacing chelsea with you and we're just taking over <laughs> right in the fields um th- that is what we'll do we'll just talk about the phone book damn it just the phone book's existence for an hour <laughs> yes that's my dream now you're now you're talking a whole episode on going through a phone book how cool <laughs> how many people would listen to that so many we'll just talk about Limited that and uh and Kurtek, okay those are the two things that we now talk about beautiful yeah and i know what you're thinking char what the fuck is Kurtek? we gotta listen to the podcast to find out and that goes for all the other people listening because this isn't right in the fields this is the cave trolls with me today (laughs) i have two of the feminist fact checkers normally i say one half but i got both of you today and i have Mm -hmm. two of the slovenly trolls i'm your faithful host terry smith with me as always is lissa hello I need I need the energy. So with Underline. me as always is Charday. Hello. Thank you, Jesus You're Christ. Always here to bring the charisma. Thank you very much. And Lissa, we'll try it one more time. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> wow, that sounded so forced. You have like a gun to your head. Are you okay? I don't no, know. If, I don't. Okay. I didn't like Everything's that. Everything's still on fire. I didn't like that. <laughs> I I feel goosebumps and not the good kind. <laughs> <laughs> i feel dirty i do i do this is like i kept saying hitting the, her nostalgic button uh when we recorded our right in the fields episode and it sounded so that, bad that sounds awful just and you saying that right now i i had to Why write it down into that? the show notes and i'm like this is dirty i gotta stop saying hitting someone's nostalgia button you uh, really do. <laughs> I had someone uh, when I was younger. Uh, it was like too young. I was like riding a school bus, which is pretty common, uh, at least in northern Michigan. You're riding the school bus with like seniors when you're a kindergartner, okay? And I don't know how old I was. I was probably in maybe fifth grade, maybe sixth. And they were talking about prostates. And I didn't know what they were talking about or the context. And I asked what are you to what are you referring and they called it a man's juice box and i and i have like been that. changed since um accurate i think that. i think accurate uh but upsetting to 10 year old me for sure 
upsetting to anyone it's yeah. upsetting to me now but thank you for sharing in this with me because now we can all sit here thinking about juice boxes and nostalgia buttons thank you it really brightens up my day <laughs> Uh, and for the uninitiated, this is the Cave Trolls podcast where we talk about all things D and D. Yeah, sure, maybe there's another D and D podcast that does better research, but we don't research things here. Okay, none of that. We talk about the news. We talk about what games we're playing. And this week, we're talking about Mordenkainen's presents the Monsters of the Multiverse. Who has been using this new D and D book? I haven't. Isn't it still ridiculously expensive? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't afford it either. However, <laughs> I, can't afford I have it. been reading through some of the notes. They got some cool tables in there, some new monsters. Are you excited for it? You're going to add it to your D&D table? Probably, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. I'll definitely add Eventually. it when, when it's, you know, a reasonable price. <laughs> How long does it take for the physical copies to go on sale? Uh, I mm. only own one copy of the PHB, one copy of oh. the, you know, Monster uh. Manual. Well, depends where you get them from, because unfortunately, I don't live near any mom and pop shops. I don't live near any comic book stores. I would have to drive an awful long way. So I don't know how often they go on sale in the actual stores, but on Amazon, pretty frequently. I've gotten most of my books from Amazon, unfortunately. Gave all of my money to Jeff Bezos. And they go well, on sale like pretty regularly. It. Yeah. Oh, that's true. He really is in need, you know, during these times. How else time. is he going to get to Mars or wherever the fuck he's trying to go in space? Exactly. How else is he going to build another penis uh, rocket ship? <laughs> I, I wanted to say something five about, minutes in and about the juice up. box, and uh, I can't. Um, <laughs> don't, so. don't bring the juice box into this. <laughs> it's my dick joke. <laughs> I think, honestly. <laughs> Christian YouTube channel. <laughs> it's now all on the same channel, though, Char. Uh, it's, all, it's all on the same wavelength. So, yeah, I, I'm thinking about adding it to <sighs> monsters are a tricky thing for me because I don't use a lot of as is stat blocks. They're a good inspiration Same. for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, tables I'll often use if I need random encounters or cool um, ability checks or challenges. I, I use a lot of that stuff like out of the Dungeon Master's Guide. Uh, when mm -hmm. it comes to these supplementary books that aren't adventures... Uh, those are usually my first purchase, but I, I don't know. 5e, I feel like I have everything I need nowadays. I don't know if I need to toss more books out. Maybe some of the races and class features that they're putting in this. What would make you buy Monsters of Multiverse? Hmm. Well, they're expanding elves, and that's all I need, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I need. So if this Just didn't cost stuff. an arm and a leg, you'd have it already. Absolutely, I would. Yeah, they're adding like stuff to trance. They're adding different like uh, for the races that have teleport. They're adding more cool things for elf teleports. That's all I need, really. Just <laughs> more elf stuff. So if they just changed the name to Monsters and Elves, you would have already bought it. I would buy any D&D &D book that just had elves in the title. Can I say that my next comic book will be titled, titled Monsters and Elves? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, you I'll can, be the first you can back, Yeah, you can back the yep. Kickstarter now. Just send well. me cash in the mail, Char, and I'll just I'll mm -hmm. let you know about my progress as it goes. Sure. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> you um, can look up the address on in the uh, phone book. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at the huge list of what they've added in this bestiary, and it's it's pretty it's pretty extensive. Um, I'm excited Any for highlight? some of the. 
Uh, the trolls, they've added, uh, different versions of different trolls, which is kind of cool because they've been kind of lacking for some of the classic D&D monsters when it comes to their expansions. We've gotten some weird stuff in 5e, but some things that were mainstays, um, have been a little bit lacking. I'm trying to see if I can get some more examples here. Something that somebody would know. If you haven't played 5,000 hours of D&D, um... <laughs> You know, here's another good example is some humanoid enemies, which sometimes you Ooh. find lacking because, like, you can find a Trask, but sometimes you just you want to fight a wizard, right? Yeah. And sometimes that's a little bit difficult, especially for newer uh, DMs who aren't as versed in how to make a PC character but make it an NPC. Uh, they got a mm-hmm. whole list of different wizards and the different schools. So you just if you want a wizard necromancer for your uh, players to face off, you can get one of those wizard invoker okay. things like that. Um, giant striders. Uh, if <laughs> if a uh, half woman half spider monster isn't enough for you, you can now fight a larger one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm um, looking at this list and uh, the swarm of cranium rats sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> cranium rats, not enough. I need a swarm. Uh, more clockwork enemies is cool. Especially... I see clockwork ones. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, when you can... Uh, a lot of other settings in D&D, uh, if, like Eberron, have a lot more clockwork and uh, mechanical things. So mm-hmm. adding something else... with This is... Part of this is a lot of these are outside of Forgotten Realms. These are multiverse enemies and classes mm-hmm. that you can fight in other settings. So there's a lot of things on here that normally would have been only part of one setting rather than in just Forgotten Realms. They've mm-hmm. also added some things that are notoriously part of the multiverse. So like the Gith Yonki, uh, which mm. it, the Gith are kind of like multiversal elves that were stuck there and kind of a combination of that and uh, water elves. Um, but they also are usually part of multiverse shenanigans. So it's a, it's a pretty cool list. I could just talk all day. We could just read each one. Um, we could. Uh, I, when I mentioned the wizards, they also have things like Aladrin. So if you just want someone to punch a Aladrin shopkeeper, you can have them fight the autumn version of that without having to roll an Aladrin character and dumb down the, the stats. What if you want to roll an Aladrin character, Terry? For my NPCs, if they're going to appear again, I do that. <laughs> but uh, I usually just use some general tables if they're going to be a random shopkeeper that may or may not be stabbed by you murder hobos. Um <laughs> You know, because like, sometimes I don't feel way. like I need a full stat block because you're going to interact with them once. You know, maybe a name or something, but not normally, you know, what are their feats? Uh, but then yeah. occasionally you fall in love with an NPC and you're like, they're sticking around, right? I'm like, well, fuck, I guess I got to do some work. Well, yeah, I think the best thing is just like you plan for this. Oh, I'm just going to come up with a shopkeep. Or um, in my instance, when I first started DMing, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I already have a DMPC that's traveling with a group because, you know, it was my first D&D campaign. And I needed, like, something to, like, lead the players on. And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to give this NPC they're traveling with some backstory. Let's uh, give him a younger brother who looks like his older brother because he's a human. And the NPC they were traveling with, traveling with was a halfling, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> and then I introduced him. And 0.5 seconds, 0.5 seconds, one of my players was like, ooh, a human boy. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) 
Uh, and the rest is history. And now he's the one traveling with them and he's engaged to one of the players. So that's, that's just, <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, you know, that's you an NPC and he is baby and they just, they become part of the party. Happens every time is. there's anything that's cute. He literally is too. I rolled his stats and I rolled a nine intelligence and it is the best thing. <laughs> he is I, <laughs> himbo. It's I have a amazing. similar character in our game, uh, Bert the Knight, who is, it was just meant to be a joke character. He was not a knight of the round table he was a hedge knight and he was attempting to join and they sent him on this multiverse quest to kill this dragon and you all just adopted him and now it's just this man who keeps trying to pray to his god who's not listening because they're not here in this land Mm -hmm. um poor poor christian little boy in a land full of pagans (laughs) uh it's a lot he's being taught how to read he is being taught how to read because the church wouldn't allow it um (laughs) (laughs) uh so like but latching on to NPCs, I always think of Gleer from Dimension 20. Uh, it's just a character that's oh, just supposed to pop yeah. up once. And by the yeah. end, you, you just want more Gleer. Um, and that's always pretty entertaining. Uh, Lissa, mm-hmm. as a player, not really a DM, how do you feel when a new book comes out, especially when it's just mostly stat tables? I mean... I usually hear about it from Charday or my other DM uh, because they obsess over the newest books and talk about things. So I, it's down the grapevine. Is that the phrasing yeah, I'm supposed yeah. to use? Uh, we were, we're not going to tell you I'm if it's not... wrong. So go ahead and use whatever phrasing you want. <laughs> we'll mock you later for it. Yeah. In the phone book. Is the phrasing <laughs> we'll be using. Um, yeah. So I, I hear about it from them. I It doesn't really impact me on a personal level other than maybe the games that i play plural uh i mean i i own the dm guide and the players handbook that's that's the extent of what i own oh uh i did buy the curse of strahd premier uh box thing okay box set box set yeah the ravenloft i now own that that is my newest purchase Mm -hmm. Uh, but Beautiful. apart from that, I don't own any other D&D books, so not a whole lot. <laughs> Which version did you buy for Ravenloft? Did you get the one that's, like, in the shape of a coffin? Yeah, in the shape of the coffin, and it's got all that good stuff in it with the updated <laughs> book and everything. Yeah, it's, it was a cool box set. That's the reason why I'm like, that's the same one that I got. So, yeah. um, But I also probably own, especially if I count my digital versions, I own something like 30 different versions of the Ravenloft campaign. Dang. There are that many? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Especially when you like, uh, you have to factor in fan versions, of course. Um, but if you yes. don't factor in fan versions, there's been one for every version of D&D. Um, mm. And then updates and then sequels. Uh, fourth edition did that. And then fifth edition also has like two adventures. So... And then the updates, obviously. Uh, so it just keeps being remade. But I, I buy most D&D books, and I try to hunt them down whenever I can. Uh, if not, just to hoard them for stat blocks and cool little errata as it pops up. That's one of the reasons why, even though uh, I wasn't super pumped for Mordenkainen, because I used to buy all bestiaries, and now I, I create a lot of my own stuff, it does have some really interesting stat blocks and a few cool tables. So it's just... You never know what tool you might need for your game. And if you have everything yeah, in your toolbox, you know, you, you can pull out some random shit, maybe surprise some people, um, maybe make Sharday roll her eyes because she's like, oh, it's clearly from the new book. So they had to fight something. 
Yep, just me rolling my eyes at you exactly. every time yep. I'm at your table. That's yeah. why you killed me, isn't it, Terry? Let me roll a D. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna fight a maw demon next week. That's in this. <laughs> um, and then a rot troll because that was the other thing I landed on. And I find that humorous. I don't know what totally. a rot troll is, but you will fight one. It sounds glorious and it sounds really stinky actually. i you know you know so i'm talking crap about it but now i really am excited because they just have different uh classes for a lot of the normal um normal enemies you'd run into so instead of like a hobgoblin captain you can now run into a hobgoblin devastado Ooh. and a hobgoblin iron Ooh. shadow like i don't know what either one of those things are but i want to fight them or make you fight them rather yeah, they have like yeah, they have like Shatterkai in here, Shatterkai Gloomweaver, Shatterkai Shadow Dancer. Oof. Fighting Shatterkai are some of the the most fun enemies that you can throw into your campaign because they're so varied. Uh, not to they mention are. their weapons are all exotic. So you know, a lot of times mm-hmm. they're gonna run into something with a sword or a whip. But what about a sword whip? You need that, and then they teleport Both, to yeah. you with it, Nightcrawler style. That's a good enemy. So are we talking like a sword that has a whip on the end of it? So do you flash with it or do you whip with it? You you, uh, I Can believe you Lissa, and then it ties around. You person. first you lean with it and then you rock with it, mm-hmm. and then repeat. <laughs> um, no, it's one of those really unrealistic weapons that are like a sword, and then you like flick it, and now it's like a swordy whip. Oh yeah, like it's like it has an enchantment on it. Or yeah, something. like like Ivy from uh, Soul Calibur for my fighting game friends. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I understand all of these references. <laughs> Play more games, Lissa. Uh, meanwhile, I'm dropping really obscure Power Ranger stuff. She's like, mm-hmm, "Yep, seen that. That's good. Yep, it's good stuff." Yeah, totally. <laughs> when I was an infant in Singapore, and I'm like, "What is your fucking life?" You know. Who knows? I ask, I ask myself that every time I talk to her. <laughs> I mean, life? I also ask myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have an Anis hag on here. Look yeah, they actually have a few Yay! different new hags on here, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Um, like I said, this this one seems more useful than I think some of the random lists you get. Instead of, let's just throw random enemies. It's like, hey, let's put in new versions of enemies and yeah. different expanded ones, which they usually do in D&D as they start rounding out. They're like, what haven't we done yet? What could we add for tools as they put out an errata, usually like a .5 edition? So as they're gearing mm-hmm. up for the big 5.5 stuff um, and kind of bundling 5e as a whole before they start upgrading, it's cool to finally see them doing this. I would like to see a few more class things thrown in there and i know this book definitely has those uh, but as someone who started playing in 3.5 more customization is always a, a win for me maybe easier yeah. multi-classing 5e is still kind of a little obtuse for newer players if they want to split the difference especially if like I, I find it pretty easy except if you ever want to multi-class into two different casters yeah that's where it gets so tricky i had to do that and it was i me and the dm that i was the game that i was playing and i'm just like i don't know if i'm interpreting these right she's like i don't know if i'm interpreting these right either but we're just gonna roll with it and if it's too overpowered then we'll roll it back <laughs> I just I, I just want them to put out a sniper class. I just want people because people just want to be Robin Hood with the yeah. with the bow yeah. and you can do that, but you're not a ranger. You're just you gotta be a bad fighter, basically. 
Well, yeah, because the Rangers are kind of notoriously not great in 5e, from and what I hear. They're played yeah. fun, but... I mean, they're correct. They're still fun to play. It's not as broken as a lot of trolls on the internet make it seem, but they're not yeah. They're not as well thought out. And it's like they have a lot more options because they keep trying, but none of the options are very strong. No, <laughs> so, exactly. And it's not just D&D, either. If you look at what people think is like their mechanical big brother in Pathfinder, which I disagree on, um, but if you look at that, even Rangers there are kind of unfair. Like if you try to have a beast companion, basically it's like, are you leveling up your beast or are you leveling up your Ranger? I'm like, well, what? that's, yeah, it's like, that's no fun. That's, lame. <laughs> that's, that's basically what it leads into. Um, so it, it's, it's lame. Anytime I think you have to min max to make a, a character viable in a game, let's yeah. say, just play a war game then. Yeah, that's uh, weird. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's that's where I get a lot of contention when it comes to a lot of people who want to play rules as written. No matter what books you have, no matter what supplements are available, if that's what you need, I feel like maybe go try something like War Machine or Warhammer because mm-hmm. those intricacies work a lot a lot better and if you're trying to tell a story, I think sometimes the rules get in the way. That's why a lot of people mm-hmm. who skip over this part in the Dungeon Master's guide says use the rules that make the game fun. it's literally like it's it's like in the first what like couple of pages they're just like hey just use whatever rules you want and so many people i've run into just don't know that that's in the book and i'm just i have to point it out to so many people i'm like yeah you can literally just you don't even have to use this rule and they're like what do you mean i'm like well it's literally in the dungeon master you don't have to if you don't want to <laughs> it's not even it's not even that it's in the 5e one it's in the original it's an old one yeah, yeah. it's yeah. in the original gag said it in the original book so how has that not passed through each version and how do we still have people who are like what do you mean you don't have to read the rules? like <laughs> well they clearly haven't actually read the you rules read? you're calling them out on their shit <laughs> And I, doesn't that come to most gatekeeper mentality? Especially, like you two can tell me better than anything than anybody I know, right? Uh, coming up on your <laughs> podcast, uh, uh, just the amount of like, well, no, uh, it's like no one fucking said that though, <laughs> you know? Like, where do you get that? You just want to yeah, stop other people's fun. Um, yeah, and I think keeping just... the game obtuse sometimes is people's gate gatekeeping from mm-hmm. just like casuals in quotations honestly people uh, like me and charday like we run multiple games and we've now played it for a very long time but we don't love every rule in D. no you just gotta <laughs> do like the rule of cool always wins out in my opinion always like, wins especially- out Always wins out. Anytime a player is like, I'd like to try something weird. I'm like, absolutely, you do it. And they describe like the most just creative, weird amalgamation of like a rule that definitely should not work or a spell should definitely not be used in that way. But I'm like, uh, roll for it first <laughs> off. And then if you roll good, then let's go for it. <laughs> I use rules when it makes the game more fun. So if the if the players want to do a uh, do something crazy like they want to have their army fight another army now there's rules mm-hmm. for it in the D book however if i look at them and go they're not good well then i make up my own and if they're mm-hmm. better then i go hey guys let's use this this is going to be more fun that's when i introduce mm-hmm. a new rule or a weird rule so many of them are arbitrary and don't fit every you know scenario or every play style or every table. So the fact that people need sometimes need to play rules as written 100% all the time, I think that distracts from some of their fun. And I think it's mostly because they want the cred, right? Of no, 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 I play yeah. D&D. I don't play, mm. you know, me and D. <laughs> me and me D? And D. <laughs> 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 
feeling yeah. the pun energy after the hitting my nostalgia button talking about the juice boxes <laughs> i'm ready uh i play me and d okay <laughs> <laughs> what is me and d please elaborate on what me and d is uh me and d is what uh i would coin as people who like to play rule rules as written mocking people who just like to have fun at the table um, mm-hmm. making up their own rules or having custom homebrew. I know a lot of people that look extremely heavily down on homebrews, whether that's, yeah. you know, fan-made expansions, supplements. Uh, I don't think you're going to find me and D anywhere else. That's just something that I call it. I mean, I mean I'm, all, I'm all for, like, people playing however they want to. And if you're sticking to a group of people who play in a similar way, you know, if you want to stick by the rules, you know, that's also... If you have fun playing by the rules and you want to play something like a combat-based game, for example, sure, go for it. If that's fun, if everyone's, 100%. If everyone in your group agrees and you have fun, you know, keep doing what you're doing. But don't look down on people who want to do things differently. Just that... I mean, it's just it's just common sense. Like, just don't look down on other people who do things differently. That's rule of life, rule of D&D. Maybe the only rule you have to follow. I run into yeah, it every they... time I want to play Monopoly. People don't play Monopoly <laughs> right. They don't read the whole rules. And they're like, oh, Monopoly is really slow. And it takes forever. I mean, if, if like, you're, you're having wrong, fun, but... if you're having fun not playing by the rules because you want to trade properties or make bets or... Those are all legal rules, just so you know. That's all I'll buy you coffee fine. next week if you just hand me over that That's property. all within the you rules, Lisa. We, should... Lisa, we need to play Monopoly no. together. You're saying all good oh, things. No. Oh no! If you're still having fun with doing that, then fine. You know, maybe that's um, a whole. There was a whole theme about corruption. You know that that's, you're. That's what Monopoly's supposed to be. Exactly. I I more mean the people that are like, oh no, I don't use the hotels, and I'm like, that's fine. That's why your game's so slow, and why you know why it's not working for you. But that's I mean, okay. Again, you you can't look down on them just because they don't want to use hotels. Maybe the whole thing is about I don't know something else. Exactly. They they had a, a traumatic experience at a hotel when they were younger. And they maybe don't maybe their they're looking. Maybe it's not capitalism. Maybe it's communism, and they want to share the wealth. I don't know. <laughs> but but my point is is that I do I agree with you. Like I don't want to play at that monopoly table, but I don't yell at people when they're playing it wrong. In quotations, as your monopoly. Yeah. Right as long as as long as the people at your table are having fun playing, however it is that they're playing, like you've you've won D and D. Congratulations. Like if you, <laughs> if you want to play with people who just want to do rules as written, if you want to play with people who just do improv and like don't really give a shit, if you find a healthy mix, like. As long as you're not like, as long as the table is cohesive and everybody is having a good time, it's really none of your business how anybody else plays and has fun. Well, look at one of the most notorious rules: you roll a tw- uh, d20 and you lands on a 20. If you roll a 20, something cool happens. That's not yeah. actually a rule. The rule is in combat: you land a critical. Yeah, that's it. The, the, that rule actually does not apply. Specifically, it says that the the critical hit does not apply to social interactions and skill checks. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, the boring. coolest fucking thing in D and D. Exactly, it's it so is. boring to play that. Everybody, does. even the people that are like, "Oh, I only play rules as written," nah. like they they use that rule because it's a cool rule because it's fun. It is. 
And like I've seen I've seen memes and stuff on Twitter and just in general on the internet. Like people if they don't play with that rule, if they say that 20 is on like a charisma check don't count they will shout it from the rooftops they are so adamant they will make memes about it they'll make quote hot takes about it like they are very proud of the fact that if somebody rolls a d20 at their table and it's not in combat it doesn't count and i'm like wow do you just hate fun like (laughs) that's like people (laughs) on, on either side people who tell me they don't read or people who say they don't watch TV. Both of those people, very different people, by the way. Both, both dumb. Uh, but <laughs> both, both those groups of people always are like so mean about it. They're like, no, nah, I don't watch that, or I don't read. Like they're so angry mm-hmm. that you do. And I'm like, I, are you happy? I feel like you'd be happier if you did these things. I feel like you just need to take a chill pill, embrace what makes you happy, and if it's not reading, that's fine. Just don't be angry at people who read. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's okay. Do you need a hug? <laughs> and they do and the same thing with people who don't play with that d20 critical hit rule like at their table i'm like you do need a hug that's what's happening uh yeah, we'll so just, who hurt we'll you at the you. dm table really is what happened yeah who hurt you who hurt you how can we make it better let us know <laughs> uh anyways moving on i guess we're both excited now uh about morning kindness and Lissa won't give a fuck until we tell her she should give a fuck i think is what i was getting until one of us throws a dolphin delighter at her <laughs> Can I get a that, picture of a dolphin? No, I can't Google that. Sounds that. really weird. If I that if does. I Google dolphin delighter, I'm going to see some really risque pictures of Zeus. Oh, you really oh, are. And his okay. juice box. Yep. Um. Anyways, uh, moving on to the next thing. This is going to be fun. Vox Machina, the animation. First season is done. No spoilers here. Uh, who's watched it? Who gives a fuck? And who hasn't? Well, I, I have seen. Watched it. I have seen six episodes. What? Lisa, six. That's it. Six. That's it. I've I don't seen, have Amazon Prime. Okay. I've seen I, ten episodes. I steal it from someone. I have to hijack somebody else's Amazon Prime account to. Am watch I it. the only person who's finished it? I think so. Uh, me and my wife are gonna finish it tomorrow. Probably. We have a, a social interaction tonight. And mm-hmm. uh, there's just no time to watch all of the things. Fair, I guess. You miss it <laughs> out, but I guess. <laughs> Listen, we had parent-teacher conferences yesterday. My daughter's a very good reader. And we did oh. that instead of watching Vox Machina, okay? Mm, Vox Machina is more important. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't understand. My kid's the next generation of D&D players. Oh right, of course. Yeah. You gotta yeah. you gotta keep them up on their reading. Exactly. So then she can <laughs> DM a game and me and you can just play, you know? Yeah. Perfect. Oh, there there's you your go. retirement sorted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh so if she if she can't read very well, then we don't get to do that. So I will watch Vox Machina and finish it tomorrow. I have two episodes left. There's only twelve. Um I'm enjoying it so far. It's D and D come to life, which I really enjoy. Um, we mentioned it a, a little bit last week, uh, as somebody who, uh, watched the show and now are watching the animation, you finished the first season, uh, are you sold on it? Do you like it as much as you like watching critical role? Is it everything you wanted it to be and more? 
I have I have mostly positive feelings about it, yeah. So I watched the original Vox Machina while it was still coming out. Mm-hmm. So I found it in 2015, 2016 and followed it right up until the final battle with it. And seeing and obviously they chose to do a part of the story that's very um a lot of like the original viewers of the stream love this arc for good reason it's very gothic it's very horror it's very very it is D, but it isn't D. it's very almost like ravenloft-esque it has that like really cool gothic environment and horror environment but in D, which a lot of people don't associate with you know, if especially just casual people who maybe don't know a whole lot about Yeah, you D&D. think dungeons, you think dragons, you think high fantasy, exactly. but this is the darker fantasy portion that is at a lot oh, of tables, is. but especially people who don't play a lot of D and D are like, Oh, I've never really seen that. Yeah, and it gets dark. Like I rewatched the Briarwood arc, like the original stream, just somewhat recently, like maybe a couple of months ago. And I forgot how dark it got. And then I'm like, huh, I wonder if the show is going to get and yep, yep, it went there. Yep, cool. Awesome. Uh huh. <laughs> and I'm not a big horror. I'm not a big horror person. So like this is kind of my limit for horror. I'm a big like softy. I really don't like gore. I don't like like being really super uber creeped out. But this is like my limit. And I knew it was going to happen. So that helped. And I, as a viewer, really, really loved seeing all the stuff that I watched on stream come to life. I think that is so freaking cool. And they kept all of the coolest moments, if anyone's curious. Like, all the coolest moments that happened on stream are basically in the show. And that, I'm sure, was ridiculously difficult to do from a narrative standpoint. Yeah, Um, all the stuff I've seen, because they started probably around episode 26 is where this arc starts. It's like right as they kind of got rid of their other player and kicked off the Briarwood arc. Um, It seems like they've they've had to add a few things in, obviously, just like to tell tell a good narrative that the audience can understand, because it's not just the POV of the players, like seeing mm-hmm. stuff from the Briarwoods aspect and uh, mm-hmm. seeing Pike on her own off out and about mm-hmm. uh, were all additions, but they've also changed a few things too. Do you like the things that they've changed? Um, Some. Yes. I like most of the things that they've changed. I really like, I love seeing more of the Briarwoods backstory. I don't want to give too much away because listen, you haven't finished it yet. Um, but they give like way more of the Briarwoods backstory that you find out later in the campaign if you right. watch the stream, but you don't really get to see that while the Briarwood arc is unfolding. I'm maintaining Delilah Briarwood did nothing wrong. She's a queen <laughs> and we love her and she did nothing wrong. Um, but one of the things that I found most interesting, and I could go about vo- on and on about Vox Machina all day, but I don't want this to be the Chardonnay episode. I'm a conscious of that. <laughs> so <laughs> I could go on and on and on. But I will say the one thing that I found the most interesting, super interesting, is that so in the original stream, there is a character that a lot of people didn't like a lot. And I never, I mean, I kind of understood why. I have my own hypotheses, but now everybody loves that character, and that character is Keyleth. Okay. Everybody hated her. Not everybody, but a lot of people hated her during the original scream stream. They hated Marisha, the player who played her, and she got a lot of hate on the internet for a really, really, really long time. And now the show is out, and everybody loves Keyleth. Rightfully so. Keyleth is amazing. I've always loved her. I've loved her arc. I've loved her everything. And I think it's so interesting because I've been seeing, I saw this video pop up on, I think it was on my Twitter timeline first and I saw it on YouTube later. 
and it was like why the internet was wrong about Keyleth. And I'm like, excuse you, what the, what? <laughs> like, yeah, you were always wrong about Keyleth because you guys were a bunch of assholes about like somebody trying to play your character. Is it a meta social commentary? Like people are mad because it's the girlfriend at the table. Is it because she had a, a romantic relationship inside of the game as well. And some people get weird about that. Is it just because she was one of the lesser known actors on the show? Like she hadn't, she hadn't landed a lot of huge voiceover roles at that time. I think she was still on bat in the sun, uh, hosting mm-hmm. things for different, you know, random cosplay fights is, was mm-hmm. it one of those three or is there something else that I'm missing all of from it. that audience? Oh, okay. All of all of those things. And also people were just plain sexist. Yeah. Just- also, she's, she's just cool. Like, you know, I think there's still that dude mentality, especially in the earlier days of Twitch. Not that it's gone away at all, but there's just a thing with like, Marisha's just a cool person. And she people is. don't like seeing, or people, that's not true. Fanboys on the internet don't like seeing a girl who likes the same things as them and it's not fake. Mm hmm. Sexism yeah. in the gaming community? I never. I've never seen that. <laughs> I never. never. Listen, as the man on the podcast, you do. <laughs> I, you just you don't see that, and I think Beautiful. it's. Uh, I think it's not nearly as widespread. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it was another reason that people gave was that she was making suboptimal character decisions. Oh my god. Which- the audacity like she has a low charisma character she had a negative charisma modifier i think mechanically and so marisha would play that super well she leaned into like that this person her character didn't know how to really interact with other people really anxious and they show that really well in the show and that's what she was trying to portray on the stream as well and i think she did a pretty good job with it i caught on to what she was doing right away and she would purposefully fumble social interactions to the point where it might lead to like really bad altercations and people in like twitch chat or in the youtube comments when they uploaded it later would just be like oh my god why would she do that like she obviously knew it was going to end badly i'm like yeah of course she did she did it because it was fun and she was fucking shit up like obviously she was making a character decision and so they that's were, just they a were difference in play styles then. Yeah. That's yeah. just a difference in play styles because she's doing it for the sake of people forget that they're playing a game, that she's supposed to have fun. And it's not just about the success of the story. I mean, that's an element of it, but because the characters or the players themselves, they also want to have fun. So if she wants to make it fun for herself by doing this role playing aspect of it. If you don't like role play, then I mean, yeah, but why are you watching the show and why are you hating on her? Again, just, if she wants to do something her way and everybody else is fine with it in the table, like, deal with it. I think yeah, it's that uh, video game mentality. It's the Warcraft of it all. A lot of people jumped into D&D and they play it with their bros. And it's like, oh, no, why are you running that class, man? You need to be a half-elf rogue because that does the best damage. And that's not always what D&D is. It can be. It can be about building the best and playing that war game. But it's also about mm-hmm. telling stories and that's what that group is really good at doing. And that's what a lot of groups are in D&D. It's not about uh, doing that. Um I have two instances, but one as a player, one as a GM, um, that I love about the suboptimalness. As a player, at first, I was really mad at this guy. Um, we were playing, and there was, I think he got a hint about where a dragon was. We were pretty low level, and I was like, let's not go fight that. And he's like, of course, of course. But his character was this, like, sprightly, almost like Link from Legend of Zelda. Mm. And he was just loved exploring, and he led us to the dragon, 
even though we didn't want to fight it. And I was really mad, but we ended up beating it and got this cool loot. And it was a really fun adventure. And it was a really fun suboptimal character moment because we were mad in character. They did it, but it led to a really fun adventure. And that wasn't really a good idea, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other one was as a GM, uh, Sade, this was playing with you when you intentionally (sighs) took disadvantage on all of your combat roles when we first started. Yeah. Because your character had never fought anything before. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that. It was so fun. And you like basically causing yourself to miss with a crossbow over and over again. Did it make you almost lose a fight? 100%, which was so in character for your group and, and you specifically. Um, and that wouldn't happen if you're like trying to make the best decisions all the time because you need to break this boss because we're on a raid together online. Uh, that's just not what D&D has yeah. to be. Just because I had proficiency in, like, crossbows and, like, certain types of weapons of, like, my character has never picked up a goddamn weapon in her life. Do you really think she'd be rolling straight? Absolutely not. I want to roll disadvantage for half of this campaign. And we've leaned into <laughs> that, and that's that's so much more fun. Like, when I always ask, um, it's like, do you, do you, especially when it's, like, a PvP thing, like, do you want to intentionally fail this? Like, because mm-hmm. it's funnier if this character gets to do something like that. Um, not, like, taking agency away, but say if, like, people disagree and you want to, like, try to snatch something out of their hand because you're arguing. Like, you would do with a friend, you know? Like, that's something that, that can be fun and do in the game. And if you go rules as written, it's like, okay, let's do 14 checks. Or we can agree with, like, hey, no, I would lose this because I didn't give as much of a shit in character. That's why not do those suboptimal plays to make a better story? Yeah. I, I'm always about people making suboptimal character decisions. If it means that they're, if they're doing it to have fun and they're doing it to enhance their experience. It's just like everybody when people, else yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Um, when people say like, what do you need for the party? Like when we throw together a new game, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to tell you then. Cause I don't, I like, I, I don't want you to feel like you have to be the healer or the paladin mm-hmm. or the rogue because we don't have those things. Play the character you want to play. If we have four rogues, maybe I'll, I'll see if anyone wants to change, but that can be fun too. <laughs> um, like, you know, let's just like talk about it and figure it out because it's, it's not a video it's not a uh you know a war game it's not an mmo sometimes it can be you can try to fit that party if that fits the narrative but i like i like those grand fantasies like not everybody in lord of the rings had a perfect role to play in the fellowship and that's why that story is great there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot of random shit that people aren't good at and that's what makes it fun if pippin didn't trip on shit they would have never fought the balrog so that's just how it goes um we've ranted about this for a while (laughs) (laughs) can always surprise though no no keyleth Keyleth is awesome people are mean and uh you need to accept that marisha is awesome and also we're lucky that she's even doing this because she's a big time businesswoman now she is she's She's the head of their entire creative in a good way yeah (laughs) (laughs) girl boss is not bad it's the mlm context that makes it bad right it is i need to think she's just a boss i won't even because girl boss i feel like if even if you use it outside the context of like an mlm or something it still has a really bad connotation so we'll just call her a boss exactly just kind of misogynistic it's like if i was a boss you'd call me a boss you don't call me a man boss 
Yeah, I will now. I think you should. I like that. Uh, oh, for the for the pure arch of it all, not that I don't like when people call me a man or a boss. Because I mean, <laughs> what do you think if like if you have to fit into those roles? Like those are not roles I want to fit in. Uh, <laughs> anyways, let's get past my therapy session. Uh, what's next on the docket? Any other notes on Vox Machina? Alyssa, do you give a fuck about finishing the rest of the season? Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think I do give a fuck, um, and I think I'll have more opinions once I do finish it. But it is interesting to watch it from a perspective of somebody who hasn't watched Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Or, well, not for Charday's lack of trying to make me watch it. Um, yeah, I, have seen, I also have seen like, I have a little seen bit of it. I have seen two full episodes, I believe, or one, two. Yeah, just one or two. two. Yeah, I was like yeah. literally episode one and two of the first campaign. But the thing with me is I can't, like, I don't enjoy watching other people play D&D or listening to other people play D&D. I would rather be playing myself. So right, for me, same. It, it could be something going on in the background while I'm doing something, but I'm not going to intentionally seek out somebody else's game. Like, I don't, like, it might be the best game I've ever heard. Like, it might, it could be... I don't know. It could be the best thing in the world, but I would still not seek it out because, or it would take me a long time to actually put it on in the background while I'm doing something because it's just not how I roll. So <laughs> I'm not going to go with <laughs> Nice pun. Yeah, exactly. So so you like the animation better because it gives you a little bit more I, of I that like, fun story, but you don't have to watch I like the, the fact dice. that I can, I can consume the same content and sort of storyline in a different format that's a more visual medium for me because i'm a visual person um and but it's the same content ish so i like i like the discrepancy between what i can then once i finish it what i can talk to charday about it and then how we can compare contrast because i have a very different perspective on what critical role is compared to what she does yeah, that's really cool too. I I uh I was not a big fan of live play stuff in general. I found Critical Role back in 2015 as well, and it didn't stick with me. I just wasn't. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't want to watch somebody else play D and D. Same as you, Liz. I I wanted to play D and D. Um, yeah. so it didn't really stick with me. Uh, Dimension Twenty has hit on a chord that's a little bit closer to what I enjoy. Um, probably just because it's mostly comedic. Uh, and I probably the the crowd too. I love the voice acting that comes from Critical Role. But I think that being such a self-serious game, and it gets silly. Scanlan is a very silly, uh, silly character. But as a whole, it's like, that's pretty straight D&D. And I think it just didn't vibe with me as an audience member. I would have loved to be sitting at that table uh, yeah. and playing along yeah. with them. Dimension 20 just seems to hit different for me. And then the One Shot Network, shout out to them. Um, I enjoy them, but mostly because they play a different game every week. And they try lots of different mm. mechanics, so you get a different aspect of that. It's not just them playing D&D. They play lots of one-shots mm-hmm. and different systems. So a little bit of, of a different flavor there. But as a whole, I, I'm right there with you. I like this more than I liked the original one because I didn't want to watch them play the game. And they don't have to sit there you know, rolling for 20 minutes because they're in combat. We just get to see a really badass combat play out. Yeah, we get the story without the mechanics yeah i would i could do for a few more shopping episodes though i need to see you know what everyone spent their gold on and i would love a receipt from it i would like the you know the end recap from mercer going okay you bought 15 arrows and 
everyone hands in their gold. I, I'd like them to add that because that's everyone's favorite portion of D and D, right? It's obviously so. Shopping episodes is every DMM player's favorite t- type of thing to play. <laughs> shopping episodes feel like the beach episode that of anime. Like people who really like anime really love beach episodes, and people who really like certain kinds of D and D really love a good shopping episode. But if you're not one of those two, both of those are just like fuck me. Can we just go can we kill stop? something? Yeah. Can not I, even kill something like can we just like m- like just steamroll this and i would much rather rp a conversation over a campfire with <laughs> somebody else i would rather tell campfire stories singing kumbaya doing anything else other than you know figuring out how much gold that this person's weapon is worth <laughs> can we take a dm aside real quick and yeah. uh when you can tell that there are some players at the table who are bored compared to somebody else who wants to do something specific, who are like really into that thing, what's your code? What's your little push of like, hey, maybe, maybe we'll do this a different time or something? What do you, what do you do? What do I do to try to like move it along? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or do you not? You just like, you know what? Everyone's got to deal with it. This is what this player wants to do. I feel like. Usually it's fine because I try to switch back and forth because my party, Lissa, loves to split itself, Lissa, and it is infuriating, Lissa, uh, <laughs> when that happens. And I try really hard because I've told them out of game, like, listen, guys, you can do whatever you want as long as everybody's having fun. But if you keep splitting the party and you're upset that you're not getting as much time, Stop like, that's your own party. fault. I literally tell them that out of game all the time and they still do it. And then I see one of them on their phones, Lissa. And <laughs> I feel, I do feel bad. I'm like, well, I'm trying, but you keep going somewhere else and I'm trying to go back and forth and I'm still working on it. I think I I've been DMing now for four years and I think now is the time that I have enough backbone that next time that happens, I'm just going to blow something up <laughs> or something really drastic just to be like, you know what? I want to blow something up or injure somebody. And I want you to know it's your fault <laughs> because you keep doing these things. And you're telling you not that's I'm usually pretty rule of cool though. Like I'm usually like, you know what? Like they have to suffer the consequences of their own decisions. I'll do my best. I'll try to weave the story back together. But there are some instances where I'm just like, you know what? I want to cause some chaos and we'll just blow something up. I think next time that happens, I'm just going to blow something up. But usually I just, I try to like, sometimes I'll set a timer. Like when that happens, like uh-huh. I see somebody getting bored and they split off and I'll like, I'll go to my phone and I'll like give myself like 10 minutes with one person. And then I will go to another person. I'll give myself another 10 minutes just to like try to even it out. But always open for more tips and tricks because that, yeah <laughs> it is it's something it's it's different at every that. table right and with every every different player like n- not everyone's going to be in the same thing i get lucky a lot where i'll check in with people and usually their interests will line up but every once in a while like i'll have a player who really wants to role play a scene but no one else is interested when that happens when i know for a fact nobody else wants to see that unfold because sometimes they do um but when i know no one else wants to see that unfold or that player wants to keep it secret or that player doesn't want them to know you know any of those 
those things where it's just the group doesn't align with one player wanting to do something that can still happen in the time frame of the game. Um, mm-hmm. I just say, let's take it offline. Let's hand wave what happened in between, unless it's super duper important. And then I'll take them mm-hmm. aside. But otherwise, uh, so I don't have to jump back and forth. I'll just say like, Hey, hit me up. We'll have this conversation through text or something and act it out because that part's a little bit more exciting for you than everybody else. Um, yeah i yeah i've also done that i have like especially with rp moments i've done like i've offered and sometimes i've done a lot of time jumps recently in my campaign because we're coming to an end and um i just kind of want to get to the big stuff yeah yeah. you know because we're you're towards the end you kind of want to focus on the big stuff so when we do those time jumps i'm like okay everybody give me a list of stuff to do we'll do one episode we'll do one session where we're just going to jump back and forth um do stuff that you want to do in that time and anything we don't get to you have to hit me up out of game and we'll either role play it or we will just iron out the details of what happened just so we can get to the good the good stuff that everybody wants to do at the table. Yeah, and it's really good to get them talking about it too because I see a lot of players, even if they're bored, they're afraid to say that they are. They're afraid yeah. to say like that part doesn't interest them or maybe it doesn't interest the whole group. And that's why I always say, I'm like, it's okay. As long as you're not a dick about it, if you're like, I really don't want to see that happen or I don't want to, you know, I'm not interested. So they don't have to just get on their phone. That's when I introduce, you know, like we do jump back and forth. What's the, what's group A doing? What's group B doing? Let's keep the action going. The timer is a really mm-hmm. good idea. So everyone feels like they get enough time. But also mm-hmm. just if you're honest about that stuff, that allows the other players to go, actually, you know what? I said I want to do that. I don't really like <laughs> that sounds like something yeah. maybe Terry can just go go hey this is what happened when you went and did x thing uh so just be yeah. honest with your gm if anybody at the table at least be honest with the gm because they can make things better they're they're god in that world and they're the only ones that can fix it uh yep. so, so there, there's some so players your respect. Too. exactly that's right otherwise you're gonna get <laughs> smited with a lightning bolt um mm-hmm. sorry i believe the the technical term is smote uh <laughs> So moving on from Vox Machina and all that stuff, that still has been our topic of the show. That worked pretty well. We're going to jump into our BS. What's everyone playing? What are you watching other than Lissa not watching Vox Machina, obviously? Any plugs, any recommendation, that kind of thing? Oh, man. I haven't been, since the last time we recorded, I haven't been doing a whole heck of a lot in terms so of So sleeping and yet. depression holes. That's Sharday's yeah. recommendation. Let's just go into a full, like slovenly, you know, we've mentioned it. Uh, sloth-like. Slovenly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. actually, no, I'm almost done because I've been keeping up with it with Pam and Tommy. I have been watching Pam and Tommy. Hey, me and Lisa just got done talking about Pam and Tommy, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about it. <laughs> I have I have so many mixed feelings as well. I actually had to drop off because I just felt guilty every time I tuned in because yeah. Pam Anderson was just tweeting. She was just like, listen, I didn't give my permission. I don't want to relive this. Um, yeah. I don't want to be a part of this. Even though they give her a fair shake in it. However, they, they changed a lot of the doping scenes to make it seem like she was um, into it or okay or gave her consent, and that just was not the case. She was That drugged. was not the case, yeah. And so and like because that's such a big portion of it, the problem being is it's very well made. Came from the Itanya crew. All of the acting is top notch in it, and I think everyone disappears into their roles. It is entertaining, it's very funny. Just overall I couldn't get over my guilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very similar to uh, My Favorite Murder for me, which was a podcast I loved. I love true crime stuff. But I feel like the victims sometimes were the were kind of a butt of a joke because it was comedians that were hosting it. So I just, like, I felt too guilty. Even though it's a, it's a good piece of media, I just couldn't condone it and couldn't listen to it. That's fair. 
Yeah. Mm. I think I've also, I started uh, the new season of Outlander just premiered and I watched the first episode. <laughs> Even though I told myself after the last season finale that I wouldn't keep watching it, I broke my promise to myself. Isn't that what all anyway. Outlander fans do? They get to the season finale, they're like, I'm done. I'm done. And then the well, new one just, comes out and you're like, God, tune in. What are they doing in I this got, timeline? I got so self-righteous about it too. It was awful. I was texting <laughs> my best friend about it because she watched the finale before I did and she's like, I don't think you're going to like what they did. And I'm like, oh, of course I won't and I watched it and she was right I did not like what they did um, they did the Outlander thing and they essayed one of their woman characters again even though know. they didn't need to I don't, have they ever needed to uh, that's where I, I dropped off like was the first one I was like I can't I understand, like, my my wife made a really good point recently talking about essay when it comes to some of that stuff is that's some people's only depiction and understanding that there's a brutality yes. to it. And yes. I understand that. That can create empathy in someone who hasn't experienced it. I understand mm-hmm. that there's an importance to it. I still can't handle it in most of my media. Same. Like, yeah. I think there is a place and you can do it well. Sure. There is there is that. But also, I, speaking from at least Outlander, there's just there's so many lines. If you could just stop making every character's backstory, the fact that they've been essayed or if you to make them more sympathetic or it just feels like after because it's happened to multiple different characters and multiple different times. And it's just every time it just feels cheaper and cheaper yeah when they do it because it's just repeating itself and it's, it's the same doing, issue it's making the same points yeah they yeah. did it in in uh um both george rr's version and dnd's version with game of thrones uh, different yeah. characters too where it's like this is unnecessary this is just you not knowing how to make this character more interesting there were there were some instances where i make sense is the wrong word because it never makes sense um mm-hmm. but i can understand what was happening and there are other times where i'm like this is just pointless and this is just yeah. depraved kind of so yeah. it, it sometimes it's just upsetting and like i said i understand that there is an importance to it i just can't um do that with with a lot of media so i lost out on outlander back in season one basically Oh, yeah. Season one, I think, is the most graphic yeah. it ever got. And, yeah. man, I can't go back and rewatch it. I remember watching it for the first time and just, like, I had to I, – I introduced it to my best friend. And I'm just like, listen, I have to walk out of the room when this happens. And you can turn it off if you want, but I, I can't watch this again. <laughs> and I have not rewatched it since. It is – it's scarring. But they also, what I did praise the show for before, before it, you know, kept resulting in all of these different <laughs> essays just for the sake of it. It did a really good job at the beginning of really painting a picture of what um, what can happen to somebody's life after that happens. So the PTSD and the recovery. Yeah, they and they, they, they did not gloss over it. And kudos to them because a lot of times shows, any type of media does – um, so they did a really good job with that early on, but again, now they're just, they just keep recycling the same thing. And here I am again, watching the season premiere <laughs> because I just, I was curious. And it was <laughs> over an hour. It was over an hour long and like, what could they possibly do for over an hour? <laughs> well, and then I watched it and, and I found you, out and, you and, learned. and I learned my lesson. It was boring. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what you've been doing in your subterranean lair. Um, Alyssa, I know you've been rewatching Power Rangers. Yes, I have. 
I um, love it. And I just started watching Avatar The Last Airbender for the oh, first time. Oh, Shut so up! Good. Yes! So good. Yeah, what are you thinking so far? Good. I like it. I like the I like the world. I like the division. I like the characters so far. It's kooky. It's funny. It's campy. And with you, uh, I know you love uh, classic martial arts stuff. I know we were talking about that earlier yeah. today. That is one of the coolest parts um, because it's all done with real choreography. They had several martial artists on staff um, who oh, really gave really? a shit. Yeah, and one of the martial artists, I- I'm forgetting his name, worked really, really heavily with the two creators of the show to make sure that each of uh, the martial arts had its own style and it was bespoke. Like, it's all brand new um, and it fit with the the theme and oh like, the God, like spirituality of each nation and yeah. their different fighting styles all intertwine. Mm-hmm. So like there's a purpose behind every move, but not just fighting, but like why they use those types of techniques. It's yeah. so intricate and so overdone. It doesn't need to be that good, but it is. But that's amazing. Yeah. Can you tell that we like Avatar? Uh, no, <laughs> I didn't catch on. I didn't catch on. Can you uh, repeat? Well, let me just pull out my Avatar The Last Airbender RPG book, which I don't like. I'm not a big fan of the game. But it just got a lot of details about the world, and I can just start listing things. Listen, Prince Zuko's arc is the best arc in any modern TV show. It I is good. And it doesn't just end the TV show. Obviously, there's there's more in Korra, but if you read the comics, he's basically the main character, uh, him and his uh, family. So Yeah. No spoilers, please. No spoilers. No spoilers. There's more stuff. There's more stuff. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Where are you at right now, Alyssa and Avatar? Uh, so they found Aang, obviously. Um, and they just went to the air temple and oh. he found all of all of that. Oh, my heart breaks my for a little heart, for a little, little heart. Yeah. Uh well, Literally good luck on the that beginning. journey. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh watched Full Metal Alchemist? I watched some of it. Okay. Um, I challenge you after you finish Avatar to go watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, it hits different. Uh, it's similar stories, great, you mm-hmm. know, shown in storylines, but I highly recommend it. And the, there's some really weird similarities I didn't catch the first time through, not being as big of an Avatar fan when I watched that. Um, okay. I've been watching a million things because that's what I do. I host the media podcast on the network, so of course I have. Uh, but I want to talk about My Little Pony, the RPG, Tales of Equestria. Mm-hmm. I've been playing it with my my daughter and son and my wife. Uh, we play it every Sunday. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know that much about My Little Pony. I've had to learn uh, because my daughter will mm-hmm. call me on it because she knows everything about my little pony um as it goes art from an rpg standpoint really good for the age ranges that it's trying to hit um for reference my son is four and my daughter is five uh my wife is 28 uh they all three of them can handle it very well they can make sense of the game um it's all pretty simple going forward you have four friendship tokens and you can use them to re-roll die basically so like if you mess up you can use one to re-roll with your current dice you can use two to re-roll with a d20 so you can hit a higher dc and you can use three to automatically pass any check and as a group you can all pitch in any number of friendship tokens 
So it's really about the power of friendship. Yeah, it works really well. Um, And there's only three stats in the game. You have uh, mind, charm, and uh, body. So you and you have different dice associated with them. So say your pony's not that smart, you maybe have a mind of a D four, but you're buff, so you have a body of a D twelve. Um, so you can be and you can be an Earth pony, a unicorn, or a Pegasus or Pegasi. I don't know how you would say it. Pegasus. Pegasus. Thank you. Um, and they have different abilities, and when you your different skills instead of it just being like a feat, you have a feat and then a die. So. Um, you have your cutie mark ability, which is like the thing that you're best at. My son's on his uh, character, Old Red Delicious, um, because he's related to the Applejack family. He's got a shovel cutie mark. So whenever he rolls digging, he gets to roll his normal body stat and his cutie mark die. So mm. you get to show that you're really good at those things. But it's really, really fun. I've been rolling, running adventures out of the book because, like I said, I don't know everything about that world. Uh, but everybody understands all the rules at the table. You don't have to fight most of the time. And when you do, it's pretty simple. It's a scuffle, as they call their fighting mechanic. And you, you roll oh. your body versus their body or whatever thing you're doing. And whoever wins, that's how many uh, points of stamina you lose. And you just that's get so knocked precious. out. It is so precious. And it's so cool. And I love playing RPGs with my kids because it teaches them a million things. Teaches them math, obviously. But storytelling abilities, teamwork, mm-hmm. problem solving, it hits all of the boxes so it's really cool mm-hmm. and this is one where they really care about the setting and my my daughter will pull out knowledge from the show for her character and she's got yeah. a little notebook that the the main my little pony cast gave her so she can use Aww. her meta knowledge basically oh so she's like so actually they, they ran into these that we ran into some like stupid blossoms or something i can't remember what they're called but there are these flowers that play a prank on you when you run into them And Mm -hmm. she knew about it from the show, so she knew exactly where to get the antidote from this character in the woods. And it's just so sweet. She just lights up every time we play. And my son, who gives no fucks about My Little Pony, uh, except for the movie. He loves the My Little Pony movie, which is Mm -hmm. a bop, and you should watch it. Great soundtrack. Um, But, like, he gets really into it because he's playing his character. He doesn't care that he doesn't care that it's a pony. He just cares because he's playing a game with everybody. Uh, but it's adorable. If you have kids, I highly recommend tales of Equestria. There's three different supplements and the bestiary is called the bestiary. Come on. Oh, come on. Oh my God. Like, it's so good. I I can't even tell you. Uh, we're going to move on to the power Rangers game next after we finish up this campaign. So, uh, highly recommend it. Play, you know, RPGs with your kids. There's more games than just monopoly that you can play with the family. (laughs) Yeah. That's yeah. my one more thing. Uh, Lissa, where can people find you on the internet? I run the Slovenly Trolls Instagram. You can find me there, <laughs> making content. <laughs> and uh, I am on Twitter. I repost and interact with our Twitter account for the Slovenly Trolls. Um, so my handle is it's Lissa Bish, L Y S S A B I S H. But you got to say it like you just dunked on them, right? Like that's the way that you pronounce it? Yeah. It's okay. Lissa Bish. Yeah. 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 There mm-hmm. you go. That's the mm-hmm. correct pronunciation. Um, and Sharday, uh, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, I run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter, which is just at Slovenly Trolls. 
And that's really just most of where I lurk, honestly, to be honest. It's just on Twitter. <laughs> lurk is a good word for what you do. Thank um, you. <laughs> um, I can be found everywhere that can't be killed creations are sold in stores. Um, can't be killed creations.com. You can check out all of our content over there. I'm at resident Stevel on basically every social platform. Uh, we don't know the social for this podcast, so you'll find out. I'll, in- I'll introduce the plug here and I'll use like a really robotic voice during that little spot. So they're like, Oh, Hey, that's the thing that they plugged in there. That's the plug. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we're, wow. We're... Look at that production value. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, I'm at R-I-T-I-R-I-T-F pod, uh, on Twitter for the right in the fields podcast and at can't be killed creations or at CBK on basically everything else. You'll find us. If you Google any of those things, you don't want to find us though. Let's be honest. Uh, that's why you're listening to this show is cause you don't want to be found either. And I can respect that. Mm-hmm. If you want to respect us even more, head on over to patreoncom slash can't be killed creations, toss us a buck or two. It keeps all the lights on all the podcasts running chicken sandwiches in our pockets. Uh, we don't eat them. We just keep them there. Keeps the pockets warm. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to head over to campykillcreations.com, which I previously mentioned, we have all of our archives, all of our backlog, and lots of other fun stuff. You can check out some of our comic books over there. Uh, anything else, ladies? No, I think that's good. You covered all that's of it. That's pretty good. I have bullet points, so it's not me yeah, trying to remember any of that. Cheat, cheat. 100%. Cheater. I mean, I'm a white man. I cheat at everything. That's how you get ahead. Do you not know that? That's what all of that's the books secret. with white. That's what all the books with white men on the cover say. How to get ahead. Yeah, how to get ahead. How to win friends and influence people. Um, uh, the pickup uh-huh. artists. Like how do you how to get women to sleep mm-hmm. with you? I still haven't figured uh-huh. that one out. Uh, yeah, rich dad, poor dad. Yeah, yeah, rich dad, poor dad. Exactly, exactly. It's you know, it's out there. It's not available for you, obviously. But uh, obviously not. No. But if you look like me, you can get that anywhere you want to. Uh, mm-hmm. Flash your white man card, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. God it's in damn your wallet. It. It's in your wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God damn. Um, well, it hurts because it's true. Uh, this has been the Cave Trolls, and we are out. Now comes that special time of the show where we thank our Patreon producers. This month we have Chantrell Every. Thank you so much, Chantrell. You keep the lights on, the mics going, and really you just give us the energy and the funds to keep doing this every single day. So I just want to say again, thank you, Chantrell, for everything you do and all of your support. And if you want to become a Patreon producer like Chantrell, you can head on over to patreon.com slash camp kill creations and join at the patreon producer level that's the ten dollar level or above and you can get shout outs like chantrell but no one else did so there can be only one you are the highlander chantrell thank you well anyways uh <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>